Welcome and good morning. It's always so fun to see uh, folks starting to join us, seeing the number grow. Welcome to the uh, on time and early risers and folks getting to join us now as we're getting ready to start in a little bit. If uh, you're joining us, we'd love to hear where you're from and uh, saying hello in the chat. And um, if you're visiting from another ethical society, please let us know. Good morning, Susan. And uh, just a uh, reminder for folks, and you'll hear me say this plenty of times, that um, we, uh, you know, go ahead and select all panelists and attendees if you're making a comment so that we can make sure everyone can see the comment if you'd like, if you're saying hello. Hi, Carl Emily, and Emily. Saying hi from Silver Spring. Good morning. Good morning, Robin. So we're getting starting today. Um, I don't know if, uh, if folks are in the local area, it's, it's exciting the weather outlook if you like warmer weather, um, which is a assumption I'm making that uh, looks like we have some 70 degree days coming at us this week. So that's pretty exciting. Yes. <laughs> Um, I know I'm looking forward to some warmer weather and I like the cold weather. I enjoy all the winter stuff, but, uh, it's time. At least in my opinion. Yes. Uh, Lynn, that's a great point. Um, especially, you know, I think, I think in, during this time when we have, um, you know, sometimes there's some more limited things inside. It's a lot of fun to get out and get some fresh air. And we've been pushing through in the cold, but it's not always enjoyable for everybody. And there's certainly a lot more gear. So I'm looking forward to that. Let's see. Yes, uh, Jennifer says, bring on the warm weather and flowers. I'm starting to see some of them uh, poking out, which has been a lot of fun. Um, good morning, Donna. And uh, just a note for folks as you're joining us this morning, we'd love to, you know, drop a line in the comments uh, in the chat saying hello, where you're from, where you're at, and uh, especially if you're from a different ethical society, we'd love to hear that. And uh, go ahead and select all panelists and attendees because that way everyone can see the hello if you'd like. So. Thank you. Good morning, Peter. Good morning, Jeff. All right, we've got more votes for the uh, warm weather and flowers. That's great. Good morning, Christine. Welcome to everybody joining us. We'll get started in a few minutes. Looks like we still have our numbers growing a bit. It's always nice for uh, to see everyone coming in. Good morning, John and Don. Nice to see you here with us. Good morning, Susan. And uh, oh, we're visiting uh, this morning from uh, the Baltimore Ethical Society. Thank you for dropping in. And uh, good morning, Patty and Paul. And good morning, Perry. Interesting uh, fact, my wife and I were married at um, with uh, through the Baltimore Ethical Society a while ago. So uh, nice to see you here joining us. Good morning from Massachusetts. All right, Joe. We've got um, 
Good morning, Joe. Um, good morning, Joe. And uh, just a note for folks, um, if you're saying hello, we'd love you to select all panelists and attendees. That way everybody can say, uh, can see your hello. Um, I know I'm ready for the warm weather this week. And, uh, you know, eventually it'd be nice to switch to colder drinks outside instead of always, you know, hot coffee or something like that. I should say, if there's anybody joining from a different hemisphere, um, you know, could be getting colder <laughs> as time goes on. There's a lot of earth science being uh, discussed in our home right now. So um, talking about all the hemispheres and everything, but I don't know our, our reach this morning. Good morning, Vincent. We'll get started in a few minutes. <laughs> Jeff, that's a that's a great point. I guess it uh, depends on uh, what you're doing and uh, how uh, how much you're bundled up. <laughs> Good morning, Julie. It's uh, so fun to see everyone joining us this morning. I know I'm uh, excited. I've got my coffee, getting settled in. Let's see, we've got a good number of folks that have been able to join us. And um, just, a, just a reminder, um, there'll be parts of the, um, whenever you wanna share you know, messages in the chat, we'd love you to select um, all panelists and attendees. You heard me saying that a few times. Good morning, Karen. Good morning from, uh, good morning to all the Dakins. All right, we'll get started in just a minute here. And you know, it's a good time if you do want to get a candle to light during our candle lighting this morning. Good morning, Fatima. And uh, I hope you can settle into a comfy seat with your beverage of choice as we continue to gather this morning and get ready to start together. And it's so wonderful that you're all able to join us this morning. We look forward to the time together. Thanks, Brian. Good morning and welcome to the Washington Ethical Society. I'm Lynn Cox. You can use they, them pronouns for me. And I'm the interim leader here. Today's platform is about cultivating a brighter future and what might be possible for ourselves and for Wes with a growth mindset. Opening words are adapted from a reading by my colleague, the Reverend Leslie Takahashi, and Brian's gonna help me out. Today, we consider with gratitude the many gifts of this community. The opportunity to be affirmed in who we are and to offer that affirmation to others, the chance to stand up together to help remake the world and the ideal of justice. The freedom to choose one's own path to truth and to learn from the travel logs of others. The space to expand one's own spirit and to reconnect after busy or humdrum weeks with the sustaining truths of one's life. Regular reminders that we must see our world through the lenses of love and the aspiration to consider all life as precious for if all of it is made of stardust, how can it not be wondrous? So this morning, let's welcome all of these gifts with gratitude, for they have been paid for with many currencies. The blood of the martyrs who died so that we can be free. The sweat of those who persisted in justice's name against hostility and adversity. The tears of those who struggled to build better lives for those in this life the questions of our children as they understand the world anew and offer their understanding to us as a fresh lens, the laughter and joy of those giddy with the embrace of community, the dollars and cents of those who gave what they could and then stretched a little more, the infinite small acts of service that make the parts greater than the whole done by those who knew themselves in sympathy with our purposes. So today we consider with gratitude and humility what it means to pay forward what has been paid forward to us. And now with all of this, let us enter into our platform with gladness in our hearts. Let's gather together. 
We begin today's platform with music from our guest artist of the week, Alyssa S. Keeler. Hello, Wes. I'm Alisa S. Keeler. I'm a musician and a retreat facilitator from Ithaca, New York. During these times, I've been facilitating online freeing your voice workshops and classes for participants all over North America. It's an honor to be with you here. The opening song is called only love. It's a contemplative chant that I wrote with a simplified ASL interpretation by Emily Thompson. Only love can heal the wounded. Only love reveals the light at the center of all beings. Only love, only love, only love, love can heal the wounded. Only love reveals the light at the center of all beings. Welcome once again to the Washington Ethical Society. I am Brian Pashigian and my pronouns are he, him, and I am today's officiant. Visitors, we especially welcome you from near and far. We hope that you'll say hello in the chat and you might send an email to our membership coordinator, Maceo Thomas at maceot, that's M-A-C-E-O-T at ethicalsociety.org. You can also fill out a connection form. Maceo will put that link in the chat. And we hope you'll join us after the platform service for a chance to say hello. Today is the first Sunday of the month, so visitors and newcomers are welcome to attend a Q&A session um, with Maceo at noon. We'll share that link near the end of the platform. Our chat will stay open through much of the platform service, closing for the address itself and then reopening. If you don't want to see the chat or it distracts you, this is a good time to minimize it. Each week, a member of our community reads our statement of purpose so that we might hear our shared values in each other's voices. If you are interested in taking a turn to read the statement of purpose, you can sign up at tiny.cc readsop. This week, our reader is Peter Bishop. Peter is West's representation to Unitarian Universalists for Social Justice, or UUSJ, and he really likes the biology discussion group and the philosophy discussion group. And if you know Peter, I'm sure you are aware of that. For now, I invite Peter to read our statement of purpose. Thank you, Brian. The Washington Ethical Society is a humanistic congregation that affirms the worth of every person. We strive through our relationships to elicit the best in the human spirit. With faith in human goodness, we appreciate each person's unique capacities. We joyfully celebrate together and support each other through life. We nurture a sense of reverence and responsibility for each other and the earth. We warmly invite you to join our community of children and adults as we work for a world where love and justice cross all borders. Thank you, Peter. 
If you have a candle at home, I invite you to light it now as I share our candle lighting words. May we kindle within us the warmth of compassion, the light of understanding, and the fire of commitment to build a brighter future for all. Thank you again, Brian. This is a story from my education college, Teresa Honey Youngblood, and she is speaking in her own words. Uh, so not only do I believe the story happened this way, I also believe it's true. Here are her words. The six-year-old and the nine-year-old, co-creators of our neighborhood garden this past spring and summer, surveyed the backyard plot after a first good hard frost. Ooh, that's a lot of dead stuff, says one. Guess we're done here, says the other. They make their way to the far corner where a drooping pumpkin vine has revealed a few small orange orbs that we had missed in previous pickings. I stand over a daunting patch of blackened dahlias. The dying back shows evidence of our months of enthusiasm, but also horticultural ineptitude. Trowels and forks here and there lost these past weeks, months, until the weeds that obscured them were laid low. Heaps of two tall flowers that grew leggy for inadequate sunshine, then flopped over into barely discernible paths. Twisted odd angled stems of cabbages and collards planted too shallow. Mats of green mush where crowded lettuces succumbed to the cold bare soil. I see so much we could have done differently. So many mistakes made in haste. So many times I chose not to weed. So many corners cut and no way to do them over until the next spring. How many seasons does a gardener get? 10, 20, 30, maybe, depending on when they start. This finitude makes the regret over missed opportunities and poor choices all the keener. There is a relief and remorse equally in my heart as the growing season comes to a close. Then the nine-year-old is at my side again, attempting mightily to whisper through excitement, look, look. And I look at where they are pointing and there I see a trio of goldfinches, annual migrants from more Northern climes, hanging upside down to better reach the seeds in the gracefully nodding brown heads of spent sunflowers. And just below that, on a bright tithonia blossom, a monarch, somehow both flower and butterfly spared from the cold snap. The insect is lingering over the precious late season nectar, even as gray clouds gather overhead. I think for a moment how this weedy chaos, this, these beds of failed attempts look to the wild things. It looks like food. It looks like shelter, imperfect, but earnestly done with best efforts, tools on hand, and our collective wisdom such as it was. It looks like a place of giving. Children and grown-ups and creation itself was tended here and fed. My colleague concludes her story with a meditation, which I've adapted for our community. Let us remember that we are loved and needed. However, in process, our presentations of self, rough and overgrown in some places, stunted and pinched in others. May we make the spaces we inhabit, bodies and gardens and neighborhoods, places of giving, let us help each other to let go in the fall, learn in the winter, and try again with exuberance in the spring and summer. May we grow into our goodness together. So ends the reading. As we consider the letting go we've done in the past year, the ways we're planning to try again and to try differently in this season of planting and enter into the coming year with exuberance, we move into the centering time of our platform. Each week, 
we ring this chime in solidarity with people around the world. Today, I'm particularly mindful of the escalating violence in Myanmar and also closer to home, the harmful laws being considered directed at trans kids in Alabama. As we listen to the chime, let us remember our connection to each other and the world around us. Let us hold in our hearts all that hurts in the world. And let us commit ourselves to all that calls for our work and our love. Today's meditation is adapted from the poem, Travelers Upon the Earth by Elizabeth Strong. As we enter into meditation, bring awareness to your breath. Notice the feeling of breathing in and out. The air we breathe connects us with other things that live and grow. We breathe in and out as we remember our connections with life. As we continue to take in nourishing breaths and release them into the world, hold in your mind's eye one of the flowers of late winter. You may focus on the image or the experience of a snowdrop or a crocus or a daffodil. Maybe you have seen their green shoots already exploring the world above. Breathe in and out as we extend a silent welcome to these first signs of the coming spring. It has taken long months beneath cold ground for these flowers to prepare for their blooming. It has taken each of us long times of growth through sorrow and joy to prepare for living now. We breathe in and out as we reflect on the times of preparation and waiting. The blooming season is short. The flowers stay only a brief time. We are travel, travelers upon the earth. Travelers through all to brief lifetimes. Therefore, let us, let our moments be bountiful. We breathe in and out as we savor this moment and its brevity. We breathe in and out as we open our hearts to abundance, channeling the time and gifts that are ours to manage. Let us rejoice in our unique colors, aromas, and sounds. Let us celebrate together in love. As we travel away, we take with us the memory of life and of flowers. We breathe in and out as we consider with gratitude the gifts around us, among us, and within us. We breathe in and out as we remember and anticipate beauty. We continue our meditation in silence and the music that follows.
Amazing. I'm grateful to our guest and for Leah for helping us connect with our guest. So the end of last year's growing season was less organized than I had hoped. That's actually true every year. So when I read my colleague, Teresa Honey Youngblood's reflection on the dying garden in late October, I identified strongly with her experience. I too could look around and see evidence of our months of enthusiasm, but also horticultural ineptitude. Like Teresa, transitions in the season bring my attention to things that I could have done better. I, in mistakes of focus and mistakes of skill. And this is why her conclusion was so meaningful to me. Life still thrives in the garden of imperfection and sometimes because of the imperfection. Psychologist Carol Dweck speaks about a growth mindset, a belief that a person's capacities and talents can be improved over time. And this is in contrast with a fixed mindset, the belief that people just are how they are and that success comes down to innate talent or other factors outside our control. When we are able to cultivate a growth mindset, we can frame setbacks and mistakes as opportunities to learn not as signals that we are inadequate or that failure is inevitable. So speaking of setbacks, how are we doing on the spotlight of the video? Are we cool? Okay, great. So back to what I was saying. Certainly there are factors beyond our control that impact the range of our choices. In my garden, I know that I need to plan my planting and harvesting according to the predictions of zone 7A. It would be inadvisable to plant tomatoes in the ground outdoors before Mother's Day, no matter how much fun the bloggers in Texas and California seem to be having in April. Some factors create a landscape for us to work within. Yet if we consider those landscape factors to be starting points and not destiny, if we focus on the things that we can leverage and learn, if we seek out the people that we can team up with so that we can approach challenges together with complementary skills, more things are possible. I could, with effort and research, figure out what and when to plant, given the sunlight and the growing season that I have, even if my garden will never look like the rows of produce in the full sun that I see in the catalogs. Life can thrive in the garden of imperfection. Rereading Teresa's reflection this spring as the snow melts and reveals all of the work ahead for the coming growing season, I am also reminded of some of the challenges of the last year. Some among us have had to keep on doing during the pandemic, what they had always been doing, especially caregivers and frontline workers, though with more risk. And then for some of us, our daily lives changed drastically. For many of us, it has been a year of grief and struggle with lost lives and lost jobs and lost opportunities. We are also contending with the continuing impact of murder committed by police, white supremacist violence, efforts at voter suppression, and an economic system that lets billionaires profit from disaster while the most vulnerable among us have resources pulled out from under them. There is a lot to process. And there is hope that we might, with time and perseverance as our organized movements keep up the pressure, find recovery and change. Though it's too soon to say for sure what the new normal will look like, we can start grieving and we can take stock of the thawing ground around us. We can assess the landscape for the repairs that need to be made. We can begin turning over the remains of what has gone before. 
we can prepare the ground for what might yet be. A growth mindset tells us that even as the trauma and the sadness and the frustration of the last year are real, another future is possible. The losses and the setbacks we have experienced are facts, but they are not destiny. The beauty of our memories and the beauty that has persisted are also real and we can grow them with our attention. Though many of us are working as hard as ever, it may seem on the surface that there is not much to show for it. Capitalism tells us that we should be using every moment productively, that we should all have learned by now how to bake bread from scratch and sing sea shanties while also working 110% at our jobs behind plexiglass or over Zoom. I would suggest that a growth mindset should also allow for a composting mindset, permission to not be at our most productive when a hard frost has swept across our collective lives. In the circle of life, there are rhythms of letting go and adapting. If we are not where we hoped to be by now, we are here. And here is a good place to start. A growth mindset helps us to begin where we are, to plant seeds at the right time and not pressure them to grow beyond the pace and the season and the fruitfulness that is reasonable for them. For some of us, the landscape of our lives may seem stark as we assess the impact of the last year. There may be the emotional equivalent of mushy collards and pumpkins frozen before maturity that need to be surrendered to the compost pile. The gardens of our lives or our communities may not look like much in this moment, but there is still room for possibility. If you don't feel like the last year was productive, perhaps there was transformation working under the surface where the humus of the past makes way for the seeds of what has not yet been planted. So much can start with a seed. From a bit that might be the size of a grain of rice or at most a baby's hand comes beauty or food or some other living thing that produces oxygen. Our lives can begin to change in small ways, eventually growing into abundance. And this brings me to the metaphorical garden of the West community. You have not only coped with the impact of the pandemic, but also with a senior leader transition and with the long-term impact of several transitions in education. Our interim time together has unfolded differently so far than it might have if we had been able to meet in person. Yet perhaps this is the perfect time to enter into a transition when all the world is adapting to different ways of being together and of understanding community. There are visible signs of transformation and growth in mission at WES. The board has been working on policy improvements with regard to safety. We have a new employee handbook that helps clarify expectations and will help improve stability on staff. We have a revitalized youth program which mixes online activities with socially distanced outdoor activities, giving our middle and high school youth a chance to gather with peers in a humanist community. Members were incredibly generous with the Connect campaign, which helped, helped us sustain the community through the surprises of this year. Deepening circles and Friday check-ins steadily provide a place for members to share their lives. You have welcomed new and returning members who are able to access this community like never before, now that we have committed resources and attention to meaningful online programming. These are signs of growth and maturity in your mission as a community, and I hope you are proud. Beauty persists, and that is real. Yet I believe that the transformation under the surface is even more profound. This past year has allowed the whole community to see Wes from a different perspective. Your willingness to experiment and to accommodate each other can be seeds for growth for years to come, long into the new normal. Stepping back from the way things have always been done has allowed fermentation under the surface, a chance to turn experience into wisdom, a chance to make room for human beings who are always works in progress 
life still thrives in the garden of imperfection. So the question becomes, what will we do with all of the generativity that composting our experience of the last year might bring us? What seeds will we plant and how will we live to align with the forces that create and uphold life? It's okay if you don't have an immediate answer in this moment. Though a change of seasons is on the way, it is still technically winter. There is literally still a pandemic and many people are still struggling. Some of us may need to rest before it's possible to generate new ideas. Those who are looking to the horizon will hold a place for you. If you are ready, what seeds are you planting? In your personal life, did you learn something this year about who is precious to you and how you want to be in relationship with them? What practices do you want to keep and what do you want to try? If you've learned a new skill, either as a way to channel your lockdown energy or because you needed to learn something for survival, how will you use that skill going forward? Who are the people and the organizations you want to spend time with as you build toward the world you dreamed about in the last year? What seeds are you planting for your own self-care? Wes is also thinking about planting seeds and some of these will have implications far into the future. There are ideas with perennial impact. You've learned a lot in the last year about different ways to be a community. And I have heard excitement about how to take what you've learned into a post COVID future. The ideas that you've shared with me are starting to take form in the draft budget and in this year's pledge campaign. In case you are new to Wes, I want to explain what the pledge campaign is and reassure you that we're not asking visitors to make a lifetime commitment today. A pledge is a financial commitment that members and friends make for the coming fiscal year, that is July 2021 through June of 2022. Pledges from members and friends help us anticipate the gifts that Wes will have to work with in the coming year which in turn helps Wes make and honor its commitments to our staff, our interfaith partners, our national affiliates, our renters, and all of the people we relate to as an institution. Being able to anticipate the community's financial situation means that Wes can, as a collective whole, make and maintain reliable and ethical commitments. Without the promises that members and friends make to Wes, Wes as a whole cannot make or keep promises to anyone else. Furthermore, a pledge is a declaration of a continuing commitment to be part of this community. It is a re-establishment of the bonds that hold us together. It's not the only thing holding this community together, but it is one practice that reminds members and friends of their connection. Wes understands itself to be interdependent with other communities. We are part of systems larger than ourselves, yet the responsibility for the well-being of this community falls to the members. If members collectively were to allow other entities to take over the majority of the financial responsibility for Wes, they would also lose the ability to ensure that Wes's mission and vision remain rooted in the values of its members. A pledge is a commitment to continue to work through Wes to make shared values manifest in the world. And so each year in the early spring, members and friends are invited to renew their commitments during the pledge drive, also called the stewardship campaign. Business administrator Tom Hutton and I have been assisting the stewardship team, Sue Weiss, Hannah Uri, Joe Klein, and Patty Absher, with getting ready for this season of celebration and reflection and hope. If Wes is your home, a place that you turn to for companionship, community, inspiration, and context for practicing your values, I hope you will participate enthusiastically in this year's campaign. This year, we're planting seeds to cultivate a brighter future. We're taking what Wes has experienced in the past and learned from in the past and turning those things into nourishment for new and continuing ways to implement Wes's mission. The most important part of growing into the community that Wes can become 
is your relationships with each other. And that's why the main activity of this year's campaign is a series of pledge parties on Zoom. The stewardship team and I are hoping that you can hear from each other about what you love about Wes and about what inspires you in this community and how you plan to help plant the seeds for Wes's future. At the pledge parties, you can strengthen the community and your ability to carry the mission forward. Members received an email on Friday and you can sign up for a pledge party anytime in the next three weeks by visiting tiny.cc slash westpledgeparty. The draft budget that is guiding this campaign plants seeds for the future in a few ways. Of course, this budget also includes some of the continuing commitments that are important to members, such as keeping up good relationships with our national affiliates at the American Ethical Union and the Unitarian Universalist Association, treasured programs like coming of age, and maintaining the meeting house. In addition, there are four priorities to help cultivate a brighter future. One, with, the ver with this version of the budget, West members could provide funding and attention for the senior leader search. Not only do you want to fully fund the search process itself, you also want to demonstrate with this budget that West members are committed to your mission and to your future. That West as an employer is committed to fair compensation and that West funds the programs that are interesting for potential new members as well as candidates for senior leader. Applicants for the senior leader position will be looking carefully at the 21-22 budget for clues that West might be a good match for them. Therefore, this is a pivotal year for your generosity. Two, with this budget, West moves closer to fair compensation standards and professional development for current staff. Fair compensation and professional development would demonstrate that West is an institution that lives its values. Progress in this area would improve staff retention. The experience and education that staff could gather with improvements in this area would re bring returns far into the future as people on staff apply their skills to help members implement the mission. Three, with this budget, Wes restores some of the vacant staff positions, particularly in education and music. Bringing West closer to being fully staffed would mean a greater ability to imagine what programming could look like in the post-COVID future. It would mean more collaboration and increased ability to channel volunteer energy into the programs with some of the highest member involvement. I believe that the kinds of programs members will need in the new normal will not be the same as they were before the pandemic. Education will look different. Music will look different. The ways we relate to each other will be different. And we need staff who can help members explore that future. And this leads me to the fourth priority, which is planning for a hybrid future. In the cottage meetings this past fall and throughout the Connect campaign, members told me how much they value the increased accessibility and inclusion that Wes has found by dedicating resources and attention to online programs. We have new and returning and continuing members from Delaware, West Virginia, California, and Europe. The West of the future could be a home for humanists wherever they find themselves in the world. We're going to need to be flexible about the way we do some things so that we can continue to be inclusive, so that our long distance members can participate in a meaningful way. To accomplish this, we are going to maintain the staffing and the software subscriptions that we have needed in the past year for online programs. And we'll need new equipment like computers and cables and cameras for making the at-home experience of platform better than ever. You will have a chance to discuss these exciting ideas at the pledge parties and throughout this month of celebration and commitment. Whether we are talking about our individual lives or our community life, may we approach the future with a growth mindset. The challenges and successes of the past can nourish the soil for new growth in the future. We need not be constrained by the way things have always been done or by the things that we have not yet learned or by the look of things on the surface of a freshly turned garden bed. Our capacities, 
our skills, our talents, our imagination can increase over time. Let's cultivate a brighter future by applying love and attention to the people and the communities we value. May it be so. After some music, we'll have community sharing time when you can write into the chat about what resonated with you today. A framing question might help you spark a memory of a personal experience or your direct observation. If you like, you can focus your sharing on this question. What seeds are you planting for your values or for your community? As we contemplate rest and reflect, let us experience the beauty of the musical response. And then show up, water gives life. Stand back, watch the flowers bloom, grow what you sow. Bow down, let your heart unfold. Show the lives that bloom grow what you sow know that you have created a better tomorrow you have created the calm in the storm you have created the spring that guides us you have created the wind and the soul down hear the voice within show up commit to life stand back watch creation bloom grow what you sow know that you have created a better tomorrow you have created the calm in the storm you have created the spring that guides us you have created the wind and the song tend to all hearts tend to the souls watch all derailing and let go bow down sow the seeds and then show up water gives life stand back watch the flowers bloom grow what you sow know that you have a better tomorrow you have created the calm in the storm you have created the spring that guides us you have created the wind and the Wow, what a wonderful morning of music. And thank you, Lynn, for the really important and inspiring points today. Um, this is the time when we add our own voices to the morning, sharing our reflections to the platform and what resonates in our own lives. You may consider the framing question, what seeds are you planting for your values or for your community? I invite you to share in the Zoom chat or Facebook comments. And I know we already had a good amount going and I'm excited to share 
Lauren says, thank you, Lynn. I am so excited about what we are all cultivating here for the future of Wes. And Rajesh, uh, what a great platform, Lynn. Also, the presentation on pledging was very clear, uh, limpidly clear. The call was powerful. And um, uh, Judy shared uh, loving the composting mindset idea. Um, and Peter shared um, that I also appreciated Lynn's call to look at my own priorities to rise to the challenges I face. Vincent sharing uh, what a wonderful message uh, in the words of that song. The music today has been wonderful as well. It's been really a pleasure to be here with you all um, experiencing this morning. Um, I uh, want to just make a point, please, if you, if you want to make sure your comment gets to all of us, go ahead and select all panelists and attendees. We really look forward to uh, hearing those points. And um, Perry uh, says, thanks for an important and artful platform address. One, uh, let's see, um, a point about uh, one quote, well, I think capitalism gets an undeserved rap for some of the excesses of American culture. The problems are real, but a more accurate diagnosis description would allow for more absolutions. All right, thank you, Perry. Jeff, Lynn was the reference to zone 7A from a Burpees catalog. I'm afraid that in my imagination, I'm a wonderful gardener, but in reality, I prepare of uh, uh, not working uh, with, uh, not, not green thumbs. Um, <laughs> I could kill both poison ivy and, um, and some other weeds. So, uh, well, good luck, Jeff, on this season of uh, planting preparing. Thank you, Lynn, there we go. We've got some, uh, some good uh, information putting out there, um, just like we are for receiving that for our own lives. Let me see if uh, we have any comments on the Facebook side as well, trying to make sure to share. Oh, John's sharing. Abby says, I look forward to nurturing more genuine, deeper relationships at West and in my life in general. I also love the composting mindset. And um, all right, let's see, a couple comments uh, to keep sharing. Um, really, this is one of my favorite parts of the morning when we have a chance to kind of share the common ideas um, and thoughts about our experience together. Even though we're far apart, I enjoy this period a lot. Um, Anne shared, uh, seeing silver linings through COVID helps see what seeds we have planted, helps see what seeds we have planted. And um, in a couple minutes, we will um, keep moving forward too, and I'll try to keep sharing comments as they come in as we enjoy this time together. Um, just as we share our perspectives in this community, so too do we share our resources and gifts. And here at West, we split the Sunday collection between our own operating budget and a fund dedicated to justice and compassion. We appreciate each person's generous giving as they are able. This month, half of the offering is dedicated to the Way Home campaign. This is an advocacy campaign to end chronic homelessness in DC. The Way Home campaign brings together organizations who work with unhoused and under-resourced neighbors, economists, faith communities, power building organizations like WIN and other partners to suggest solutions to chronic homelessness in the district, um, to the district council and other government agencies. There are 2,671 individuals experiencing chronic homelessness in DC which means they've been homeless repeatedly or for years and struggle with long-term health conditions. These individuals, as well as 432 families, need permanent supportive housing where they're at risk of experiencing homelessness for another year. Supporters of The Way Home believe that all people deserve a safe and affordable place to call home. Housing allows people to live with dignity and thrive, that DC has the resources, creativity, and ability to end chronic homelessness, and ending chronic homelessness is a vital step, ending all homelessness in our community. On the slide, you'll see the number to give by text for today's collection. That's 202-335-1885. And you can also make a gift um, online through the donate button on our website at ethicalsociety.org. We'll now receive your gifts and musicians' gifts of music. Thank you.
Thank you so much to the many people who helped create this morning's time together. Interim music coordinator, Leah Morris, and guest musician, Lisa S. Keeler. Thank you to Maceo Thomas, our membership coordinator. Thank you to Robin Kravitz for communication support. Thank you to our new slide artists, John and Abby Dakin. Anyone who would like to join the slide creation team, please contact Robin. Thanks to tech host, Johnny Buzek. And thank you to those who are leading and supporting our work in the week to come. At the conclusion of our platform, please join us for our virtual coffee hour. Once we're in the Zoom coffee hour space, we'll divide up into breakout groups, which you're welcome to drift in and out of as you greet different people. One of the great things about um, our time together this morning is then having after our time to be face-to-face, uh, -face, so to speak, and being able to move throughout that space and see as many folks as you have a chance to. Today's the first Sunday of the month, so there'll be a Q&A session for visitors and newcomers with Maceo Thomas at noon. Please look in the chat for that link. If you'd like, you can visit Coffee Hour for a few minutes before heading over to the Q&A, and it's a, it's a nice time to be able to chat and catch up with everyone. To get to Coffee Hour after closing words, point your browser to tiny.cc slash westcoffeehour. That's W-E-S, Coffee Hour. We have opportunities for West members and friends to connect virtually during the week, including support meetings and discussion groups. You can find the details for that and all other events on our website calendar at ethicalsociety.org. During our stewardship campaign this month, members and friends also have opportunities to connect to at pledge parties that we've been discussing a little bit this morning. Um, please visit tiny.cc slash West pledge party to sign up. Pledge parties will feature time for members to share their favorite West stories and will include invitations for members to renew their commitments for the coming year. Please join us next week for Platform on Sunday at 10.30. Interim leader Lynn Cox will speak on how the core agreements of our lives, the ones that we make in love and trust with our families and communities, guide our actions and help shape who we will become individually and together. Also, key reminder, Daylight Savings Time starts next Sunday. So be sure to spring forward your clocks. It's always uh, uh, a surprise for <laughs> sometimes those Sundays in terms of, I guess we don't have to worry about showing up physically, but um, I, I appreciate that reminder myself. Finally, thank you for being here with us. Now let's enjoy together our closing song for the month performed by intro music coordinator, Leah Morris. This is Leah's recording of Philip Phillips' song, Home. Hold on to me as we go As we roll down this unfamiliar road And though this way 
hard not to sing along, but uh, I was not on mute, so I tried to refrain. Our closing words now for the uh, month, I invite you to join me in saying, let us go into the week ahead with compassion, understanding, and commitment, growing in dedication to our values for our hearts and for our quest for a better world. Again, please join us for a virtual coffee hour. You can find the link in the, on the slide or in the chat. And if you're new to our community, please send an email to our membership coordinator, Maceo Thomas, and introduce yourself. Well, this was a wonderful morning. Um, please, just a reminder, this uh, meeting, this Zoom meeting won't stay open. Um, head on over to coffee hour. And uh, I, I see a lot of great uh, comments about appreciating the music, the arrangement, and the morning today. So look forward to seeing folks over in coffee hour. And uh, if you're interested, the Q&A at noon with Maceo Thomas. and. Um, Wonderful morning today. Hope everyone has a great rest of their day and uh, we'll see you in the coffee hour.